Hello, I'm Allison Sullivan, and this is Center Saint Sister, a podcast that dives into whatever we might be feeling that day. I love introducing you to people that you might not know, but should. And I love connecting you with people you may already know and love, and then letting them share how they have lived life deeply. If you hear something over the next hour or so that you think a friend would enjoy, please consider sharing this episode. And if you haven't already, please consider writing a review. All of those things help us grow the podcast, which is really helpful. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center Saint Sister. From the book of John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst, and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them, and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples, they said to him, they said, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, a week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and he stood in their midst and he said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands. Bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord, my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief, you may have life in his name. So, the disciples, they're in the upper room, and Jesus has been crucified. He presented himself to the women, the women who were the last at the cross, the first at the tomb, and then he presented himself to the disciples who have holed up in this upper room door locked. They were afraid. And in this little chamber, we have the first congregation, the first worshipers. This room is the forerunner to every church, every cathedral ever constructed. In this room, these people, they prayed together. They worshiped together. They searched the scripture together. This is the beginning of all services, this room, the cradle of the infant church. And it's so fascinating to me to think of all the grace and repentance and faith and hope and holiness and love in just that one room. Can you imagine how they must have been relying on each other, trying to figure out what in the world was going on? Wait, what does the book of Isaiah say? No, read it. Exactly. Wait, what did he say to you that night by the fire? Yeah, but what were his exact words? Can you imagine them coming together, trying to connect all the dots, using each other's memories, borrowing each other's insights, and pouring over the scriptures together? And so they're all there, right? 
well, 10 of them anyway, because Judas is dead and Thomas is gone. P.S. Do y'all ever find yourself judging people in the Bible? Because I'm like, really, Peter? Denying him three times. But in this case, I'm like, really, Thomas? Where were you? What could you possibly be doing? Maybe he got hungry. Maybe he went to go gather some supplies for the group. Maybe people were on his nerves and he needed some fresh air. Thomas, I feel you. But whatever the case, Jesus shows up while Thomas is gone. Jesus shows up right there in their midst and he says, peace be with you. And he shows them his wounds and he breathes on them and gives them the Holy Spirit. And so poor Thomas comes back. I would have been so mad. (laughs) Like, really, Jesus, you knew I was gone. You needed space from these people too every now and then. And so the disciples, they fill him in on all that went down while he was gone. And Thomas is like, bull. I don't believe it. Thomas, the disciple, Thomas, the doubter. He didn't have their same experience unless I see, he said. He wanted empirical evidence and he had set his terms. He had a barrier to belief. He needed to see. So Jesus appears again. Jesus appears the next week and he says, give me your hand, Thomas. Give me your finger here. And it is then that Thomas has his own encounter with the risen Christ. The other disciples, they tried. They tried to share their encounter. They witnessed to their own experience, but they couldn't prove it to him. And when Thomas has his own encounter, he says, my God. And in that moment, Thomas goes from being the biggest doubter to being the biggest believer. Because listen, Thomas was the very first person to say that Jesus is God. My Lord, my God, he says. It took the church 300 years to work all of that out. Did you know that? I didn't. Arguing over if we are monotheists, how is it that we're going to make sense of a father and a son and a Holy Spirit? It took us 300 years to settle the Trinity. Three persons, one being, separate identities, possessing the full nature of God. It took Thomas one second. And Thomas, in his Jewish culture, to just put it this plainly right away, to call Jesus God, this was a very big deal. In this Jewish monotheistic culture, this was a very big deal. And here we are, 2,000 years after the resurrection. We have our own roadblocks, don't we? We have our own barriers. We've set our own terms. But I have become convinced that doubt doesn't have to be a disaster. I am convinced that we don't have to deny our doubts because denying them, it just ends up feeding them. I am also convinced that every single answer can be found in intimacy, creating it, nurturing it, and telling the truth, that's what's intimate. Telling the truth is what's going to connect us to God. Why? Because he already knows it. And so our emotions, whatever they are, even if it's doubt, that's not good or bad. It's just information. Our emotions are these information givers. Sure, some of them might be more pleasant than others, but easy doesn't mean good and hard doesn't mean bad. And if we spent all of our time trying to avoid the low lows, we might inadvertently lop off the high highs. Similarly, so often it's grief that paves the way to joy, just like, as Thomas proves, doubt can pave the way for belief. Could Thomas have ever been the number one believer? My God without being the number one doubter. I need to see it. Thomas stayed with the disciples. He didn't believe. He told them so. But he didn't go. He stayed right there in church, even with his doubts. 
He took his doubts to church. He told his friends, and then he waited on the Lord. Our family took a vacation to Arkansas one summer, and I wanted to take the kids on a hike, but because we were in unfamiliar territory, I asked a local at the gas station if there was anything to be afraid of. Bears, wolves, cougars, badgers, termites. How was I supposed to know what was territorial? I was only half kidding. But the guy thought a minute, and he looked over our whole family, all seven of us, and he sized us up, and he sucked his teeth, and he said, nah, you're good. Something will only get you if you're alone. A mentor of mine says Christian faith cannot long be sustained as a private opinion held by a lone individual. Christian faith, it is the task of a Christian community, and a lone believer is ill-equipped, but the church, it is equipped. A lone believer is vulnerable, but the church is strong. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so we carry one another through our seasons of grief, of doubt. We carry each other. As long as we don't all doubt on the same day, right? The Holy Spirit seems to always work that out. In the scriptures that follow in Matthew, not John, Jesus appears to the disciples a third time, this time in Galilee, at the mountain. And the scripture tells us plainly that some of the disciples they worshipped and that some of them doubted. The disciples doubted. The people looking right at him, they doubted. What did they doubt exactly? That it was Jesus, that he was really alive. If it was a vision, were they unsure if they should worship him? Were they unsure if it was God? They doubted. But you know what? They went forth. God sent them and they went, all of them. This episode, it features a sage in my life, and hopefully yours, Aaron Nequist, who always, with his wise, wise words, ends up pointing me back to the church, ends up pointing me back to dependency on God, and ends up pointing me back to interdependency with my community, however I might be feeling. His life is not some well-controlled self-portrait, but instead it is a grandiose community project where he shares honest and bare when he's doubting, or when he reminds his friends of what he knows is certain. We are not told that we think or feel by faith. We are told that we live by faith. So yes, some of the disciples doubted, but so what? They went out and changed the world anyway. They worshiped and they doubted side by side, but they still went forth. Aaron Nequist has gone forth. Aaron Nequist has changed the world anyway, and I am so excited to share this interview with you. We likely have a moment where God has spoken to the depths of our hearts. Maybe where he has met us in a fragile place or whispered something crucial right when we needed it the most. I so hope that this conversation reminds you of that moment. Grotto Network is a platform that shares story to inspire our generation, whether you're a fallen away Catholic or a daily mass goer. They also provide content that will help you navigate our crazy lives with everything from caring for your mental health to how to pray for others, with everything from dealing with infertility to praying in an art museum check out their podcast. It's called Good and Decent. Their stories take you around the world to listen to ordinary people doing extraordinary things. They raise big questions with interesting people, from a priest on a safari to guys who compete in air guitar competitions, from a neighborhood bike repairman to international humanitarians. You can find the Good and Decent podcast wherever you're listening right now. And if you like their vibe, follow Grotto Network on your favorite social channel. These are the kinds of stories you can share with your friends who don't go to Mass.
Aaron, I am so incredibly um, grateful that you said yes to coming on the show. I was having this moment. I think I had just read a post of yours and I was driving down the street and I had this, it was one of those moments that was, um, there's an excitement where it's like, is this holy or foolish? I don't know. But mm. I, <laughs> yeah. I pulled over yep. and was like, I'm just going to ask. And he, I have a feeling he's going to say yes. And I can't explain that. But I was right. You said yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am Glad so to join you. grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you're here. I've been following you for a long time. And there are so many things that I love about you. But one of them is how you are not afraid to change the conversation. Hmm. You just really don't shy away from from taboo. It, if, if by the way, taboo is what's authentically before you. Because I don't mean sure. to suggest in any way that you're like a a provocateur, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, just for yeah, funsies, sure. you know, um, yeah, but I yeah, think right. that can happen. It's like people get a little bit of a platform and then it's hot takes only, you know, um, yeah. but you, you share your spiritual journey with so much, um, honesty and, and, and reverence and then permission. And I, along with so many others have really been drawn in by how mm. you talk about your doubt. I feel, yeah. um, that this is blatantly ignored in Christian spaces and we so desperately need healthy ways for this to be modeled, you know, for, yeah. to find our way That's forward. Right. Um, and so yeah. you do that with this lovely, um, maybe radical, I don't know, idea, <laughs> um, that brings thy kingdom come. And so mm. you live out a gospel that isn't transaction only, but it actually um, preaches a new way to live. And I mm. just love you for it. You read all, wow. we read the same Thank books. You. Like, yeah, right. right. <laughs> so yep. if we could just start off with um, you telling the people a little bit about yourself, who are you? Who do you love? What are you creating these days? What you up to? Yeah. Oh man. That's, I mean, where do you go with that question? It's a big one. <laughs> yeah, it um, is. It is. We can I get mean, into the nitty gritty throughout our conversation. Yeah. Who do I love? I mean, I have to start with my three favorite people. Mm -hmm. My wife, Shauna, mm -hmm. is one of the most spectacular people on planet Earth. Agreed. Um, she, oh, yeah. Yes. Of course. You, yes. you may love her too. Um, <laughs> but she's a writer. She's um, Her fundamental gift, I think, is hospitality. Mm. And it's not just setting tables, although she's brilliant. She's sure. the best party thrower ever. Yep. But she uses words to make um, safe spaces. Yes. And so hospitality is kind of the center of, of what she does. So Shauna, and then our two boys, uh, Henry and Mac. Henry's 15, just started high school. Mac is 10, fifth grade. And, you know, we moved them three years ago from yeah. the suburbs to Manhattan. Gosh, has and it been three years already? Wow. It's been three. Yeah. In uh, next month, it'll be three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they have been on the most, <laughs> I mean, adventure. Sure. And uh, it's been like at first Mac loved it and Henry hated it. Okay. And then Henry started to love it, and then Mac's like, "Wait a second, you know." So it's been really back and forth, but we're having we're having a blast. So who uh, do I love? Shauna, Henry, and Mac. That's easy. Yeah. Um, in terms of if we're talking about faith, uh, my story in real, real broad, really, really mm -hmm. basic. Uh, was born in a very kind of uh, conservative, probably fundamentalist Protestant uh, upbringing. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of that I still really appreciate, a lot, a lot that I'm really thankful for, and mm -hmm. then plenty I've had to just uh, l let go. Mm -hmm. um, and then got involved largely because of music in more of the mega church world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they had the best bands. 
So I wanted to I wanted to join with with what they're doing. Fog and machines. So yeah, that's right. Fog <laughs> machines. Oh man. Oh, I could tell you stories. Um, but was a part of uh, a church in Chicago called Willow Creek, and then was mm-hmm. a part of a church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, Mars Hill uh, Bible Church, and that's probably sure. where. I, my faith transformed the most. Yeah. Rob Bell was the preacher there at the time, and we were exploring and experimenting, mm-hmm. and that was real exciting. But at a certain point, the kind of like Sunday rock show um, just ran its course. And I'm like, man, the world is too complicated and too broken to just do entertainment every Sunday. And yeah. again, n- no church is just doing yeah. entertainment. I'm sure. not saying that. Sure, but sure, sure. I had the sense that the part I was playing was more about getting people fired up at a concert than helping them transform into the way of Christ for the sake of the world. Yeah. And so that just launched me on a journey wow. at first as a worship leader, but then it kind of broke through all these parts of my own soul, realizing, man, I... I've been living this small sliver of what I think I think the way of Christ is. Yeah. I've been living like one percent of it. What about all the rest? And how do I learn more? And how do I get swept yes. into that? So it's been quite an adventure. You know, you write so frankly about this this really kind of crisis of faith. It was a very debilitating yep. moment of doubt that came about at a very inconvenient time because you're on staff (laughs) at this church. You're actually backstage. (laughs) Right. And and so you're, you're leading people and you have this, this terrifying feeling of being a fraud because the words that you're about to go out there and and lead people with um, aren't, weren't resonating with you in the time at the time you write about that very frankly. And, um, and as you, you write that, I can kind of feel the intensity of that moment because I have spent so much of my life trying to avoid contradicting moments like that. Mm. Like that, that feel, that feels really confusing. That feels a little bigger than me, even if it's very true. And so I had this realization and I don't know how long ago exactly, but it was this realization that I was trying to curate a certain kind of perfection that sidestepped, Mm. sidestepped discomfort. And you just dive headlong (laughs) (laughs) into discomfort. Can you take us through some of the highs and lows of that time and what the fruit was of being really honest? Oh man. Wow, what a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was like you said, I was uh, a worship leader and I realized I don't believe most of the songs I'm asking people to sing. Yeah. And that is just a, oh. uh, that was so weird and complicated. Yeah. And I think the best thing is I had a boss at the time, our pastor, um, who I could tell him that. And he was like, Whoa. you know what? No, yeah, wait, think about that. that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My boss, who's a pastor, yeah, I was able to say, I am not at the place where I can do this. That is and no small thing. Is, no, 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 no. Like I have friends in the same spot who once they admitted it were two weeks from unemployment. I mean, yeah. it was over yeah. a lot. So in fact, I might even text him today. Aww. And just I mean, that was like 20 years ago. Aww. And just thank him again. Amen. He I even love that. Said, there was one there was one night he said, you know what? I used to play guitar. Let me let me do the songs this week and give you a, a time to I mean it wow. was Wow. That's really, beautiful. Really mm. So I had uh I had him, I had uh my parents didn't totally understand it but were really supportive, so that was sweet. And then I had one friend who we used to go for walks and I would 
you know, just share what I was wrestling with. And he would ask the best questions. And he eventually gave me the book that kind of un unlocked some things, which yeah. is The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Absolutely. Willard. And the key for me was I had been a, a Christian for like 20 years, 25 years, mm -hmm. and I had never heard a message about the topic that Jesus did the most teaching about, which is the kingdom of God. Mm. Somehow yeah. I'd been in church, I'd heard 200 messages, just never the thing that Jesus talked about. <laughs> and I was just so, at first I was really mad. I was, yeah. I was disappointed. I was like, why don't you tell me? But then very quickly it just turned into, yeah, but this is such good news. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Interesting. Um, I feel like a lot yeah. of times if we're reading our Bible or, or it, it, it is um, through an, an individualistic lens yeah. and that's yeah. so largely a misreading. I mean, God yeah, is about right. his people, that's you right. know, this that's right. kingdom. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. Yep. And you know, we all do this, but whatever framework we have, we read every verse through that framework. Sure. Our own main it's character. The same, yeah. Yeah. It's the same way we read every book. We meet every person. We're reading through our own lens. And the lens I was given in that kind of conservative Christian world was I'm a sinner. Yeah. Jesus died. So I have to believe these things about Jesus and then I get to go to heaven. And that was the framework. Sure. Absolutely. Which I don't think is 100% a lie. Just what a tiny part of the story. Absolutely. And so when I when I first heard, wait, wait, I've been invited to participate with God yes. for the sake of the world. Ugh. Like that's the invitation. Um, I just remember I, I was sitting on the floor in a, in a little place in Michigan. I was reading and I, it hit me and I just started to cry. And I, and at that <sighs> time I was 25, I yeah. never cried. Like I was totally bottled up, yeah. but it, it just started pouring. And I remember thinking, if this is the story I'm in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What yeah. a holy moment. I, you know, yeah. so real quick, I, there's, you said a lot in there. Um, but as the, for the, as the transaction only or salvation yeah. only approach, yeah. you know, yeah. I feel like, um, Jesus could have come to us so many different ways. Right. And, right. and we would have right. still been redeemed. Like he could have right. died as a right. baby at Passover, but instead right. God right. did, God wanted us to see this. He wanted That's us right. to watch Jesus heal and admonish and not back down. Um, yep. And so if this were, you know, transaction only or salvation only, I mean, Abraham wasn't looking for a city in heaven. You right. know, he was yeah, he was looking right. for a city from heaven. Right. And, it, and if he were looking for something on earth that that wasn't coming from heaven. I mean, he could have just stayed right where he was, right? Like right. If, if he would right. have been merely looking to, you know, to one day go to heaven, then there would have been no need to like journey West. Was it West? Um, but you know, but to establish like this covenant yeah. of people of all that, I mean, if it was just yeah. to go to heaven, then he could have just stayed and died simple. Right. Yeah. But like, that's but right. that's not, not what was happening. We were talking about building a city here right. on earth. And so this right. gospel of Jesus died for your sins and that's to save you from hell. And so you can make Jesus your, your Lord and savior so that you won't go to hell when you die. I mean, and I'm sorry, that sounds like a crude interpretation, but I think a lot of times it is how we I was hear just going to say it's today. not that overstated. Yeah. yeah. And so the that, problem yep. is that I don't know that that's nothing like what the apostles were saying in the book of Acts. You know, yeah. and I'm not even saying it's untrue. It's just not how the apostles said right. it. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, well, and it's not even 
what Jesus was saying. Like Jesus said, you should be born again to one guy. Yeah, ex- but to, exactly. Yeah, to another guy, he said, sell everything, give to the poor and follow. Yes, me. Then you'll right, have eternal right. life. Right. It's like- and to another person, you know, so he was doing something much bigger then here's how to get your, you know, the ledger, the heavenly ledger yes. checkmarked for yes. you. It was like um, the world has a new, or the world, here's Lord, here's Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we right. just learned this proof from resurrection, right? Yeah. Now live and act accordingly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so, that's really great. Um, yeah. Okay. So if, my first favorite favorite thing about you is diving into doubt and not avoiding discomfort. I think that my second favorite thing about you, and I don't, I'm not positive. I don't know that this came through your, you know, crisis. Of, I probably shouldn't call it that because I don't think you ever okay. have, but, um, <laughs> um I mean, it was moment. a crisis. Yeah, it was <laughs> definitely a crisis and there have been others. So, but, <laughs> yes. so I don't um, think you're overstating that, but yeah. it is also, um, ecumenism. I think that mm. this period in your life really opened you up yeah. to, the ways that other people were thinking and experiencing and expressing God's love. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about widening your circles during that period of time? Oh yeah. I mean, that has been, that has been one of the central um, stories probably of the last 10 years. And uh, we'll probably get to more practicals, but just maybe let me just name this for those listening. If you are feeling if you're in that season of, I'm not sure this works anymore, mm-hmm. I don't understand, I have more doubts than faith, one of the most helpful thing is to get around other Christians from yeah. other traditions Yeah, and just learn. Um, so anyways, so that's kind of what happened for me. And again, it started um, as a worship leader when I realized we were, I was at Mars Hill and, and Rob was talking about the kingdom and participation with God for the sake of the world. And I looked down and all I had was these pop songs. And there's nothing wrong with pop songs, but they couldn't capture the width right. and the depth and the beauty. And so that's when I began saying, well, how do our Anglican sisters and brothers do it? How does yeah. the Catholic Church do it? How, wh- what do the Pentecostals have to teach me that I am yeah. missing out on? And started searching from a um, gathering perspective, but it quickly, like I said, became personal. Um, I realized that in the same way as a worship leader, I only had this one tool, like loud songs or louder <laughs> songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> As a as a as a Christian as a Christ follower, I really only had one or two tools, and one was we we called it a quiet time. Basically, in the morning, you read a little a little from the scripture, and then you journal. That was yeah. kind of the tool we had. It's a great tool. I still do it sometime. But like, what happens when I'm mourning? What happens when my heart breaks? Yeah, a quiet time can't quite hold that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I needed to learn how to lament. Yeah. And lament is all over the scriptures, but just in my tradition, no one ever right. taught me what to do with my sorrow. Yeah. Um, and so I needed new tools for new experiences. Yeah. Um, what do I do when I run, when my brain is so full and I have all these ideas and I can't pray because I'm so stuck in my head? Mm-hmm. Well, quiet time didn't help me, but you know what did? Centering prayer. Yeah. And that practice is so difficult. I resist it <laughs> to this day. But 
when I'm able to carve out that space to move from my brain down into my heart, to move beyond words and try to be mm -hmm. present mm -hmm. with my creator, mm -hmm. something happens that I can't explain. Absolutely. And so just, I needed more tools. I needed, my toolbox was very, very thin and I needed more tools. I love how you frame that as an antidote to doubt. Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, yeah, yeah. I feel like we are, we were never intended to be lone rangers. Like God has, yes. has put us yes. in community for a reason. Of yep. course, we all, yep. you know, love a, a well-working body. But um, even, you know, the disciples who were right in front of Jesus doubted. We know that. Yeah. And yeah. so <laughs> um, yeah. to... I think that what the Holy Spirit kind of tends to work out is that they didn't all doubt on the same day, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, wow, you know, that's they're good. kind of traveling yeah. together. They're relying yeah, on each right. other. I mean, I took, um, a pilgrimage to the Holy land. It was a remarkable experience. I can barely like write or talk about it, but we would have these experiences th through jet lag and just emotional exhaustion, walking Jesus in Jesus's footsteps. Yeah. We were yep. just so beat. And so there would be some moments where you would be, um, completely undone, a puddle of yeah. emotion. And then there right. would be other times where you're like, man, I wish I felt something, yeah. but I don't. That's and right. so, but, but every night we would gather on this large deck by the sea of Galilee <laughs> and we would, not a bad place together. Not, not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and we would gather together and we would share our experiences that day. And yeah. it was so lovely yep. Yep. to get everyone's thoughts, to get everyone's yep. prayers to, and, right. and realize like, I, you know, I couldn't feel that that day, but you did. And thank you, you know, yeah. oh gosh, we just need each other so much. I don't know when I'll quit and, being surprised by that. Yes. And, you know, we're talking about that in context of ecumenism, of being a part of, yeah. you know, people who have, uh, are part of different Christian traditions, but man, I'd say the same thing for why, um, we need to learn from the other gender. Like when it's all dudes sitting around, um, we are Thank missing you. half of reality. Yeah. Um, when it's, we need to move beyond all white spaces mm -hmm. yep. and learn from, I mean, we just, we need each other mm -hmm. and not just, not just, uh, copies of ourselves, <laughs> right? but yeah. people who are fundamentally different, who can see what we will never be able to see without them. Absolutely. So, and they need us. I, I feel like um, any time that we think that our church's cultural expression of the faith is the yeah, only right. one true, that's authentic right. one, yeah. then diversity is right. compromised. That's and right. it's I'm, yeah. diversity is just obedience to Jesus. I mean, yeah. the, yeah. there four times, four times in one prayer, he says, let them be one. And it's his yeah, very last right. prayer. I mean, you can't right. dodge the importance of the timing of that. Yep. I mean, we hang yep. on dying people's last words. What was the last yeah, thing they right. said? You know, like yep. this matters. It is impossible yep. to dodge how important this is to the Lord. That's right. That's right. I feel like, you know, we have this tendency to kind of politely pass each other by. And it's like we can stand on the edges of our driveways and we can, you know, politely wave to each other, you know, right. whereas yeah. I feel like what the Lord would orchestrate if he could is this in a kitchen, you know, preparing mm -hmm. a meal together, albeit everyone yeah. doing something different because I don't bake. Sure. But, you know, <laughs> like I'm just picturing like aromas coming out yeah. and, and enticing yeah. people on the outside, because the other thing he said is that it's how the world will know. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
our love for one another, it, it's just, it's how the world will know. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. And side note, this is not exactly what we're talking about, but I just need to say it. I really think the next era of the church mm-hmm. is going to be more more in living rooms than auditoriums, mm-hmm. more in living rooms than cathedrals. Yeah. And not only, I think there's something about the larger gathered community. Um, but man, one of the things we learned from from COVID, I think, is yeah, right? you know, if it's just about content consumption, I can do that from home on a screen. Yeah. Um, but we need actual connection with our sisters and brothers. Yeah. And I, I don't think that always happens in in a traditional church service. Interesting. But it happens around a table. Yeah, right, right, right. It happens we on s- serving trips. Yes. It happens in the neighborhood. Knee to knee, eyeball to eyeball. Yeah. I think that's going to become more central. Again, not completely replace the whole gathering, but am I going to get on the subway and you know, go for 30 minutes and go to an auditorium and sit silently watching a professional musician play and a professional preacher preach. Like, is that what, what, is that what we're craving right now? Is that what what we need? Cause I can watch great music or download great sermons from my, from my couch, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but what do we need? And I'll tell you, it's connection. It is. It really is. Yeah, it's human. It's you said eyeball to eyeball, knee to knee. I mean, it's and so that I I think that is um, happening and will continue to be really really crucial in this next season. Yeah, I I'm hopeful for that um, because I'm I'm craving it too. I you know I I feel like a lot of um, what keeps us I because I've spent some t- I care a lot about race. I uh, I've spent a lot of times thinking about you know, what fears are underneath us widening mm-hmm. our circles? What, it, what mm-hmm. is it that get, that gets in the way? Yep. Um, but I, th- I think that we have to be upset about it first, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that we're going to, you know, move towards more diversity if, if we're fine with division, yeah. like, yeah, like right. friend, friendly good. division yeah. is still division, <laughs> yeah, that's right. you know, that's just right. cause we're waving from our driveways. If we think that's yeah. enough, we're not ever going to really, um, you know, create that living room space that you're yeah. talking about with people that don't look and act and think, yeah, you know, ju- just, just like good. us. Yeah. Um, but I, I do feel like pandemic is, is a perfect jumping off point. It's been a good catalyst for, you know, the things that are important, the things that we need, you know, we live life in these multiples, you know, like nothing is ever just all one thing. And I know that the pandemic has been the best of times and the worst of times for me. What has your experience been? I think real similar, um, truly terrible. Yeah. And probably the best, uh, five months with my little family of yeah. our whole life. Yeah. So isn't that something? Yeah, it's wild. So would I ever choose it again? Never. It mm-hmm. was horrible. Yeah. But we have a couple memories, especially when it started. Remember how scary everything was yeah. and you didn't know what was happening to the world. And we decided we were going going to watch 
Lost. The boys had never seen <laughs> Lost. So Sean and I watched it back in the day. And so we started and we watched all, I think it was 90 hours. We watched the entire thing in like a month, maybe uh, five weeks or something. And it just, what a silly thing, but it, it became like some sort of rallying point for our little family. I love we'd it. Get done with our stuff, and we'd be like, "Can we sneak a lost thing before dinner?" <laughs> That's especially, you know, my my older son's fifteen. He's starting high school. He's already yeah. more excited about his friends than hanging with us. Sure. You mm -hmm. know, it's only a matter till he's going to school. Yes. And um, those are really precious times. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So, yeah. My husband yeah. and I, we got on a lost kick too yeah. when it came out yeah. many yeah. moons ago. And we yeah. were like, this is like crack. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. You can't I've never stop. tried that, but like, oh my gosh, this has got to be <laughs> like this addiction. a cliffhanger. Yep. Oh my yep, gosh. Right. And then it, it never resolved, which made me crazy. Yeah, well, maybe it yeah. did. Did it? I don't remember. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, um, let's do the next podcast. Yeah, right, lost. right, right. Yeah. We, we can like go through all the all the symbolism yeah. um, and, and potential metaphors. Okay, so yeah, right. there's this this one thing that I'd like to talk to you about because I yeah. feel like we do have to train our brain um, from either or. Like oh, when yeah. you were having this this moment, um, there <laughs> you were like, okay, I either have to double down on this thing That's that is right. not working yep. for me, or I yep. have to abandon the whole thing altogether. Yep, and that none of that felt right because you're like, those are both terrible choices. Right. right. You have found um, a third way. I would yeah. love for you to tell the people what your third way oh, was yeah. in that moment. Well, <laughs> I, I'm glad you, you've named this reality because um, we so often are given two horrible choices mm -hmm. in so many things. I mean, look at every political discussion. Oh my gosh. Um, there's almost never... It's almost a cartoon versus the opposite cartoon. Yeah. And I feel that same way with faith and heard it loud and clear. And you named it. This doesn't work for me anymore. Do I just kind of turn off my heart and say, well, it's how I was raised. I, you know, I want to be a good Christian and double yeah. down. Or, and a lot of my friends do that, but even more of my friends say, you know what? It's all BS. Hmm. I'm done with the whole yeah. thing. And they uh, hit detonate and walk away. Yeah. And so much is lost. So much is lost in option one. And so much is lost in option two. And yeah. I, I, I came across um, the idea of include and transcend. And actually mm -hmm. wrote a, ch a chapter about that in my book, The Eternal Current. And it's not originally my idea. Um, it's kind of an ad adaptation of Richard Rohr's teaching uh -huh. and Ken Wilber's uh, teaching. And the simple idea is say in life, when we're moving from step one to step two to step three to step four, the move from step three to step four is not a rejection of step one and step oh, two. Oh, nice. Yes. It's, it's including it's, it's step one plus step two yeah. plus step three into a larger space called step expansive. Four. Yeah. You know what got us to step four? Step three. <laughs> Thank God for step three. Now we can't stay there. Yeah. Um, but you better believe we're going to bring some of the goodness of step three into the wider space of step four. Uh. A silly example is like second grade. Second grade is critically important. You can't stay there. You've got to move to right. third grade. Right. But you don't understand third grade without 
what you learned in second grade. Right. And so, um, so yeah, so I think for me, growing up in kind of conservative evangelical spaces, I started looking around and realizing, all right, there's a couple things I cannot hold on to. There's an exclusionary thing going on in that tradition. I, I, I just can't do that. Yeah. There's a biblical literalism um, that, that, I, that doesn't understand the nature of, of, of uh, scripture as a yeah. collection of, mm. of books. And so there's a couple things that I just, I couldn't hold on to, but you know what I can hold on to? Evangelicals care about the people in their neighborhood. Mm. Evangelicals, when you join them, are like, "We're glad you're here. Mm -hmm. Let me let me pull up a chair." It's there's a hospitality, yeah, um, that I hope to never lose. Yeah. That's not true in other traditions. I'm finding that. <laughs> um, so there, so all that to say, there are some things about my past that I've already needed to let go of, but there's probably even more that I'm going to hold on to forever. Yeah. Um, and so include and transcend. Our I past love was that. good, but it's not enough. Yes. Um, it's interesting. So I, we mentioned before we started recording that I grew up in evangelical spaces and I'm now yeah. Catholic. And so I spent the first, I don't know, couple of years walking into mass thinking everyone was mad at me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Like, exactly why, right. But why is everybody so mad? It took a really long time to understand reverence and solemnity right. and, and right. finding finding the beauty in that. And then, yep. you know, and supplementing with a rowdy Wednesday night, you know, because <laughs> so I do. I miss it. I, I miss yep. I miss happy clappy just as well. Yeah. Um, OK, so tell us about the eternal current. Tell yeah. us about, um, you know, this this new way to live. We, we yeah. brushed on it earlier, um, in our yeah. conversation, but yeah, I mean, it's the name of the book, but it came from something really alive. Um, we, a number of years ago, started a contemplative ecumenical practice-based community at Willow Creek on Sunday nights. It was kind of just off in the corner and in the chapel, and uh, it was a place of experimentation and learning that. together. I mean, it, it was a truly life-changing experience for me. It was kind of top three formative experiences. But I would say for about five or six months, I started every gathering the same way, and I would say, there is a great and mighty river flowing throughout human history toward the redemption and restoration of all things. Mm -hmm. And this river, Jesus called it the kingdom of God. And it's where the lost are found. It's where the broken are healed. It's where the oppressed are lifted up. It's where uh, it happens on earth as it is in heaven, as Jesus prayed. So this river is happening. We didn't start it. We can't stop it. But what's fascinating about Jesus' teaching is Jesus doesn't say, believe correctly about this river. Jesus says, join me in it. Learn how to swim. Let me teach you how to swim in this river yes. for the sake of the world. Yes. And so on those Sunday nights, I would say, and so tonight, the way we're going to learn to swim is dot, 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 you know, centering ah. prayer or the examine or prayer for the world. or And we, we started looking at spiritual practices as ways, the things that we can do to get swept up in this great river. We don't earn our way in. We yeah. don't like do practices and God's like, of wow, course. that was a very impressive prayer. Yes. You know, we're already invited. The river's already flowing. 
we get to choose to swim or not. Mm. And so um, this eternal current has become a really, at least for me, it got me out of the earning thing. Like um, God's mad at me, but if I pray every day, maybe, no, God's leaning toward me. God is as close as the air I breathe. Mm. Um, The question is, Am I awake to it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, we don't convince God to move from far to close. God's here, mm. but we move from far to close. Oh, and, it's so um, good. Yeah. So learning to swim has become a metaphor, both for our community, mm-hmm. and then just the more I uh, explore it, the the, the richer it, the richer it gets. Mm. Thank you so much. I feel like a, a really big. Um, shift came in my soul when I realized that God just, um, wants to move with, with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. think, I feel like I spent a lot of time, um, you know, being under God, uh, sure. you know, afraid of wrath, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, the misstep or whatever. And that's terrifying. Yeah. And yeah. I spent a lot of time being over God, you know, trying to, uh, uh pray the right prayers so sure. that I got the right things, um, right, 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 you know, right. making, myself the center of this of the story and right. you know that's frustrating <laughs> Absolutely. and then I think that and maybe this is a little more noble I think I've also spent a lot of time living for God mm. um but I just found myself resentful and exhausted you yeah. know and so it was like this this yep. big difference came in my soul when I realized God just wants to move with me yeah. there are no right. places God can't go I think that yeah. we can get really stuck or at least I can with yeah. um, a perceived dead end like oh I have yeah. to I have to choose right I have to do right there are no yeah. dead ends with God you know right. we just take him with us as he you know as we love people with how he's gifted us yeah. I just yeah. uh yeah I really resonate with that yeah. uh you know I um what are some just kind of lastly, before we just promote, promote, promote and tell people <laughs> how in the world to get yeah. more of all of yeah. your wisdom and insights. Um, but what are some practical ways that you are swimming right now? By the way, I yeah. love swimming with you. You're doing really important work, um, obviously through your Thanks. book, but through your the podcast and, um, you know, obviously your Instagram too. But what are some practical ways that you are not an isolated contemplative and not yeah. a, an overworked activist, a, a burnout activist? Yeah, like, what right. are some ways that you're kind of including it all to be stay afloat? Yeah, in well, the swim. <laughs> as a as a Catholic, you will be glad to hear that I'm actually uh, making the exercises right now, the oh, Ignatian uh, sure. exercises. So doing well, the doing can't couldn't do the 30 days of solitude retreat, obviously, uh-huh. but I'm doing it over nine months with my spiritual director, and so that has been man oh. anchoring some really deep streams. I bet. And to be honest, I'm only like four weeks in. It's messing with me in some ways. <laughs> uh, I think I cognitively was like, oh, I will pray with you. Experience. I love that. Yeah. yeah I'll pray Ple- for you. Yeah. Please do. So, um, so I think there's, there's a rhythm right now that really helps me. Um, I'm an Enneagram four. And so I don't like structure. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I just want to feel it, you know? And yet my whole life improves when I have some sort of wise container. Uh, And so uh, it can't be overly prescriptive. Otherwise I'm like, forget it. But if it's just get up and feel my way through, um, I just will not become the kind of person I desire to be. And that's the same in the spiritual life. That's the same as 
being a, a pianist. That's the same as playing golf. That's the same as trying to get in shape. Like we need, we need some sort of wise container that's that. wide enough for the complexity and reality, but that helps us. So, mm-hmm. so I would say having a, a little bit of a container is really helpful. Yeah. And it, it probably has three different things to it that always have to be present for me. One, there have to be some sort of input of ideas. Yeah. As much as I, I'm a practice-based person more than a beliefs-based person, beliefs really matter and stimulating ideas. So that's why I love to read, love to listen yeah. to podcasts, love to learn, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's not enough because I also desperately need silence. Yeah. And not even just like mind wandering time. That's important too. Sure. I need like to cultivate space where my brain isn't spinning. You know, yes. thinking about the next thing, think about right. the next idea. Right. To be with God yeah. in that space. And that's yeah. very difficult. I wish I could say I was better at that than I am, but yeah. I need it. And then the third thing we've talked a lot in this podcast, I need other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm an introvert, yeah. so I don't need 20, um, <laughs> but I need a couple people who are on this journey, mm-hmm. who ask questions, who reflect things back, who encourage me deeper. Um, so yeah, some sort of input, um, silence with God, and then uh, at least one or three or four other people. Yeah, that's really, that's really helpful and tangible. I appreciate it. It's interesting, like when you um, connect with someone, even virtually, yeah. I mean, there are yeah. gaps, but it's not nothing, yeah. you know? No, it's um, not nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so to hear so many of your antidotes feel the same as mine, it, it adds yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, yeah. I love swimming with you, Aaron. Um, I, I'm a forever fan. Yeah, I just, you, you have such a prophetic voice and I'm, I'm so grateful that you put as much out there as you do. You certainly yeah. don't have to, but you really bring yeah. us along and, and then we're better for it. Um, yeah, where can you. we find you? How can we root for you? How can we support you? What yeah. are you doing? Well, uh, let me just say one thing to close this whole conversation. Then I'll tell you, tell you that. Sure. I actually like being a Christian these days. And I struggle with it. I, I'm not a very good Christian, but I'm really grateful. Hmm. And that only happened post it all burning down. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking a lot about the Paschal mystery these days, hmm. like the rhythm of not just faith, but nature, the, yeah. the universe, everything works, life, death, new life, yeah. life, death, resurrection. Mm. It's a cycle. And the more we participate with that cycle, um, I'm just saying, had I not let what was dying die, if I kept it on life support, resurrection could not have yes, come. Right, right, right. And so again, I just wanted anybody listening, if you feel like this thing is on life support, Mm-hmm. or it died a long time ago mm-hmm. and you're like weekend at Bernie's carrying it around. <laughs> um, I don't mean this glibly because yeah. it would be a lot of tears and a lot of confusion, but you're going to have to let it go. Trusting that resurrection is real. Oh, wow. And that isn't pretty. I, I mean, resurrection no. is beautiful, but the cross yes. is hideous. It's horrible. Yeah. 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 
And so I don't mean that glibly. It's so easy on the other side to be like, hey, it's great. Why no, no, no. It's heart-wrenching. Yeah. It's, it, it, uh, it is painful beyond painful. But the only thing I can think that's worse than that pain is living perpetually in it. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So yeah, so there, there is life after death. If, if there's one thing that Jesus can teach us, is there is life after death. And I only mean that um, uh, in terms of the literal story of Jesus yeah. uh, in a little way. I, what I mean is for all of us, there is life right. after death. So. Right, right, right. Gosh, and thank you so much. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. absolutely gorgeous. And um, I, you know, as experiencing my own death of yeah. sorts, I feel like it's desperation that can sometimes best showcase his work. Yeah. You know, there's, there's like this neediness component yes. that, you know, the Lord allows us, yep. you know, to yep. feel. Thank you what so is, much. What does Rohr say? We we only change with experiences of great love or great, great pain. Yes. Right. Yeah. Great we learned so much from the lessons pain. we would never choose. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. <laughs> okay. So where do we find original you? original yes. question. Yeah. I mean, I, I had mentioned the book. If, if you're looking for a starting point, um, the book is The Eternal Current, How a Practice-Based Faith Can Save Us from Drowning. And it's kind of like the big picture. It's the story of the practice. It's the story of my faith falling apart, but then moving from belief-based to practice-based. It's really practical. So that could be a good place to start. Um, all the resources are at my website, which is just my name, AaronNequist.com. And there's a new liturgy project, a series of recorded liturgies that help mm -hmm. that you can take with you on your day. Mm -hmm. There's the the Eternal Current podcast where we have people come on, talk a little bit, but then teach us a concrete practice. Mm -hmm. uh, again, it, ideas are important, but they're not enough. And so yeah. uh, there's practices, and then uh, yeah, all all the the social media, um, often out there, uh, just sharing some questions and thoughts and reflections. Yes. So if you want to feel perfectly accompanied, go follow Erin mm. Newquist's oh, Instagram. That is sweet. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> well, you. thank you for closing us out on that message of hope. Thank yeah. you so much. I really yeah. appreciate your time and our conversation. Mm. I'm so, so, so grateful. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Erin. The USCCB approved Breaking Bread 2022 eMissile app is now available. The app features instant access to music, readings, prayers, the order of the Mass, providing churchgoers with everything needed to take part in the celebration of Mass. The Breaking Bread 2022 eMissile app is only $4.99 and available for the entire liturgical year. You can get it on Apple or Android devices. You can visit ForteCatholic.com OCP or download directly from the App Store or Google Play. Happy New Year, BV. Happy New Year. <laughs> so good to be here in the flesh. I know it. Um, this is the studio slash water closet. Is it all that you thought it would be? <laughs> I feel a little catfished. Um, I mean, this show is all about honesty, so I feel like we should be able to do like a panoramic because there's like a water yeah. heater in our laps and there's mm -hmm. a shelf full of booze. <laughs> To the left, uh, right. I can't even do a panorama on my phone, let alone with all this like fancy equipment. I have a, I have a vision of like you on my shoulders and trying to get a panorama and Taylor walking and being like, "What? Why? Go home. What's happening?" Oh my gosh. Okay, we got to get to it. Um, I always, always want to write down things when I'm listening to your interviews before um, our turn to talk. But this episode, I had to like take 
press pause to have time to write it all down and get all my thoughts together. Um, Like every word was golden. Y'all hit so many Mm. topics. I know. I feel like I lived a million lifetimes. Yeah, it was like diversity, struggle, (laughs) lament. um, And then you guys ended on such hope. It was really, really great. Well, and that's the thing about Aaron is that everything about Aaron is the Jesus way. He is so Mm. appropriately hyper-focused on Jesus. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Y'all started that way and then y'all like went a million places and then you came back to the Jesus way. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I guess that's the point, right? Like all the, all the answers for the stuff in between is the Jesus way. And that shouldn't or doesn't sound controversial for Christians, right? Like the Jesus way, of course. But then you start expecting us to serve the poor and love our enemies or lay down our lives. And yeah, which trickier, right? Which enemy? Yeah. How much of my life? Yeah. <laughs> um, my very favorite thing about Aaron, and I feel like it comes through in all of his work, even if it's just an Instagram post, but like his books, his interviews, is that this whole concept of the eternal current, you know, the Jesus way, it's not just something to hope for and expect one fine day, but there are things that we can be doing right here, right now. There is mercy and redemption that is available to us right this moment in modeling and our lives after our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right. I thought what you said about Abram was really interesting. Mm. Like, if this were just about looking to go to heaven, then there would have been no need for him to leave Ur, right? Like, mm-hmm. he he wouldn't have had to go to establish a covenant of people and all of that. He would have just, yeah. if his goal had simply to be to go to heaven, then he could have just stayed there and died. Waited. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's not what he was looking for. He was looking for a city on earth built by God and not by Cain. Yeah. I guess I'd never really thought of those things as like thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. I mean, I hadn't either. I read it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So it's 2022. Happy New Year. What are Happy you hopeful for this year? Um... I think a year ago, I would have said, I hope that things go back to normal. And I think that I have finally recognized that I have no control over that. Right. And it may never so, happen. Right. That, that I, I can concentrate on my reaction to these things. Right. Um, and so I think I have, I think it's a grief response, but I have um, had such small, safe circles over the course of this time. Right. I've had such um, little reserve for complication. And the truth of the matter is that so many um, relationships in our lives are complicated, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. I am really hopeful to get back to um, maybe building up some reserve, building up some stamina maybe for incorporating um, circles like I used to, just getting back Mm -hmm. to some old routines. Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like I've been small and safe maybe long enough, and it's Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So what about you? Oh, I would also like to not um, waste a gym membership. (laughs) That'd be great. <laughs> um, okay, so the first one's kind of similar. Like I, I think I'd like to work on um, just being more tolerant or more um, accepting, and just meeting people where they are and recognizing their gifts where they are, mm-hmm. and taking what they have to give rather than wishing they were something different and trying to make them something else or teach them something else or pull something out of this. But just respect and love people where they are. Um, as for the gym membership, I feel like I would actually <laughs> like to purchase one because that would at least be a step in the right direction. <laughs> yes. Right. Good. Good. I like it. Okay. So here's for us not wishing people different and um, taking this physique to a whole new level. <laughs> That's an inside beefy joke. All right. Love you, beef. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 
Happy 2022, friends. Thank you so much for listening. What a great season. We'll be back soon with a brand new lineup, brand new guests, brand new topics. Until then, please keep in touch on youtube.com slash Allison Sullivan, Sullivan Family TikTok, or Forte Catholic, where I co-host once a month. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You guys, I'm so grateful for this work, and I'm so grateful for this community that we've created. See you soon. Today's show was a production of Allison Sullivan in conjunction with the Forte Catholic Podcast Network. For more great Catholic podcasts, head on over to ForteCatholic.com slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.